welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we are on the Airwaves to talk about an exciting win for a NAVAIR team at the Navy's first Sustainment Data Challenge. Joining us today is the lead from that winning team, Ms. Kira Shea, a readiness analyst for the Sustainment Group's Advanced Analytics and Innovation Branch, and Captain Keith Hash, Program Manager for the E2C2 Tactical Data System Program Office, who also served as a judge for the event. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Yep, thank you for having us. So Captain Hash, let's start with you. Tell us about the Navy's first Sustainment Data Challenge and about your role as a judge. Sure. So the Sustainment Data Challenge kind of came in light of our need to understand sustainment uh, across the Navy. We are setting up a pilot of the sustainment program baseline, and from that we're trying to look holistically at how the sustainment system is built to sustain all TMSs, but mine was used as the pilot, the E2 and the C2. In particular, the E2D, a program that's moving along from production into sustainment, is the primary pilot. Uh, the Navy Sustainment Data Challenge came from, we needed a way to look at all the data we've collected over decades from these platforms and use that data to give us insights into how to better sustain them and also to start looking predictively to the future about how we can sustain them. So that data challenge was to take the data, they used E2C and E2D data over the last couple decades, share that with the teams, allowed them to kind of look at that idea and then start to build models and how we could look at that data, pull in insights out, and then to predictably move forward. As a judge, I was asked to be a judge because it is my program office's data. And so uh, taking insight into the fact that we're building the sustainment program baseline to start reporting up to ASNRDA and to the vice CNO on our sustainment of the E2D and the need to understand that data that's out there. I absolutely uh, agreed to be a judge and to understand and it's been a, been a pleasure to see the teams as they brought forward these tools. So were there specific issues that the teams were asked to address? Uh, they were asked to look at the data historically and then predict the future. Build models based on data we've given you to, to predict how we can change things and be, produce better results in the future, which was a pretty big ask. Uh, and given a very little time and not a great amount of data to do that. And no uh, funding. They did it actually out of their own extra time and extra availability. These teams came together and were innovative outside their normal workspace and work time. So. Pretty awesome challenge we put before them, and the teams did a great job coming up to meet to that challenge at different levels and different pockets of different areas. It sounds like an exciting opportunity. So Kara, congratulations to your team, first of all, the Hawkeye Analytics Working Cohort. Tell us what motivated you and Team Hawk to compete in the Navy's first sustainment challenge. Yeah, well first, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's, I was really excited to come on and try and speak to every, all the work that we did. I'm a big data nerd, and I think that most of our other team is as, as well. So we really approached it from like, it sounded a lot of fun <laughs> and like something good to do. If some of us look at data on our off time anyway, so why not do it for, <laughs> for work and have like an actual little challenge proposed and try to answer those questions. And then also, I think that for the team as a whole, we were really intrigued by the concept of like ownership over the creative and analytical process of here's this very broad, large question, tackle it any way you want. We had all the brainstorming sessions to kind of go at it, and we were able to own that whole process for start to finish. And um, I think that was really um, beneficial for us. So in addition to finding the process fun, in your words, <laughs> what would 
you say were some of the attributes that made you successful? I think that the attributes that made us successful is that along those same lines, we really went at it of knowing that we might not be coming up with the perfect solution and just trying to tackle it in without the stress and the pressure of we need to have the perfect answer. And I think that when you are starting to work in a space like that, that's when you actually come up with really innovative and creative ideas and in and, and different ways of thinking than under your normal stress and pressures of your everyday, like day-to-day -day job. So I think that that really helped like push us forward and our whole team uh, works together on a day-to-day -day basis. So our dynamic is really energetic and lively and we're all you know talking over each other and brainstorming and just having this really innovative space when we're all together. So talking about your normal day-to-day -day job, how did you apply your experience as a readiness analyst to finding that solution? Our base assumption was that mission capability is a byproduct or a result of a well-performing system. And that was something that the, our collective experience kind of informed us. And so we went with that base assumption and then we tried to tackle okay, if mission capability is your result, what influences that mission capability? And that was our approach, and that's where, like, that's logistics space that I'm coming from. So that was how you approached the challenge. What was the outcome? Our outcome was we had this massive list of the different metrics and things that we were saying that are influencing our mission capability. And we kind of had this aha moment of all these lists of these metrics and things that we're looking at could be categorically fit into three categories. And that is your Buno or your aircraft, your squadron and resource and supply chain health. And so we, that was our outcome, was that we ended up with these three large buckets, you know, three large categories of, and then all the metrics beneath that that are influencing mission capability. What do you know now about capability and sustainment that you didn't realize before? <laughs> the fun of the space is that there's always more to learn and you're always continuing to expand. And sustainment is this massive system that touches everything that NAVAIR does and just continue to learn about all of those pieces and interactions that happen throughout that process is really what I took away. And it's any, you can find any new thing that NAVAIR does and you're gonna find that it impacts the statement in some way. From listening to you today and from what I've also heard behind the scenes, you were able to expand the scope of the sustainment data challenge beyond what it was, it was originally called for. When did you realize this was possible and why did you pursue the additional capability? With Captain Hash here, obviously the original challenge was set out for E2, C, and D. We went into the data challenge with the intention of creating a solution for multiple platforms. The, our group, the Advanced Analytics and Innovation Branch within Sustainment is we host an enterprise data warehouse. So we have access to the a whole slew of different data sources and most of those data sources that we have access to for multiple platforms were in line with the data sources that the data sets we were provided through the challenge so we kind of checked to make sure everything was matching up and we went to our established automated integrated data warehouse instead of using the sets that were provided from the challenge as excel sheets 
we went in with the intention of, of expanding it out and designed the whole sustainment score as a response to an enterprise solution. So tell me about that sustainment score. It sounds like you've put a lot of hard work into, into creating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of weekends, a lot of after hours definitely went into creating it. So the easiest thing to compare it to is the concept of a credit score. So I think that makes it really accessible to people. And we're, like I mentioned earlier, we're looking at those three large categories of your Buno, your squadron, and your supply chain. And for each of those categories, you can get a maximum score of 100 points. And then you add them up for a total sustainment score out of 300 points. And that is like at the core of what the sustainment score is representing. And we see that as something really flexible, accessible. We see it as um, it continues to grow. You can just continue to add on other categories, maybe something with good visibility to depot capability or capacity mission sets to get better visibility to fully mission capable. And then you, as you add on larger categories, your sustainment score would just increase and you would be bucketed for each of those out of 100. I think that's a very relatable comparison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how will the sustainment score help stakeholders respond to urgent fleet needs? And how will it contribute to readiness? I think that a lot of times you hear for readiness impacts that the parts aren't available. And I do think that is absolutely an issue, but I think a lot of times a lack of supply is a, a symptom of something else going wrong in the sustainment process. So we're trying to give better vis visibility to those other pieces that could be impacting supply and what's presenting supply as, a, as, a, as an issue. And that's being manifested in our uh, supply chain health. And then I think we also could potentially be seeing that in the squadron and the Buno because that's getting better visibility to your maintenance practices and seeing if engineering or your practices that are going on is impacting your parts failing more often and therefore your supply not being enough. I think that when we're talking about the sustainment score, a key example for me of better visibility to readiness impacts is the support equipment. That was something that was really, really important to us as a team to include and give visibility to because it's, it's been talked about a lot more recently, but it's one of those, I think sometimes an invisible impact, an invisible driver that people don't always, don't always think about. Captain Hash, back to you. Tell us why the sustainment score was chosen as the sustainment challenge winner. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the Hawk team, as you just heard, had one of the most comprehensive solutions. I mean, every team actually did a phenomenal job. The ones in the finals had working models meeting specific problems. There's a, one of the teams out west has a model that's actually already being put in place for execution at the TICOM and squadron levels. But the Hawk team did have the most comprehensive from the challenge and what was kind of given as the, the overall request. And that was to look holistically across the whole sustainment system. What's interesting is during the exact same time they were doing that data challenge, there was a group of SMEs across OpNav and NavSup and uh, the fleet and NavAir trying to come up with something similar, not digitally, but what were those metrics that are going to help us measure, which rolled into what we call the sustainment program baseline. And so we were writing the same document that at the same time we were asking them to come up with a digital way to look at it. So it was a very parallel process. And what's interestingly, the Hawk team wasn't far off from what we came up with, but actually came up with a very innovative way of looking at it. And we are gonna look at how does that take what we did and what they've done, and we can mix that together. 
their holistic view of really answering the, the big picture request is, is why they won. And, and I think, just like Kira said, they had access to some pretty heavy-duty databases and, and the real data coming out of the fleet every single day. And their use of that, their willingness to be innovative in getting the data they needed to solve the problems, their innovation of how to look at the problem, uh, really won the day for them. What do you think the value is to having these types of challenges and allowing our workforce to be innovative to finding a solution? Sure, that's a great question. We have had collected data for decades and decades in, our, in the military. It's all sitting there and we collect it and we don't do a lot with it. And so the, the challenge of, hey, go back and how can we now with the digital uh, tools that we have today, with the digital processors and the capability, how can we squeeze out information that we need for the future? So that's the first part and that's why you see AI and data analytics all over our nation and all over the world actually. The second benefit I think this data challenge adds is just what you heard Kiara talk about. The excitement of a new generation of engineers and analysts and logisticians coming in and using the things that they've learned in school through high school and college and other places, the things they see their peers doing out in industry and give them a chance to do that in the workplace here in the Navy. We need to take advantage of that, that uh, young enthusiasm, that knowledge and that experience that they can bring and apply it to their job today. And as you heard, they're willing to put in a lot of extra hours to get it done. So it's a, it's a real enthusiasm and we need to take advantage of that and harness that and bring that into how does that apply to their everyday job and make that better. Kara, wrap us up today. Tell me, why would you participate in one a data challenge in the future or why would you convince someone else that they needed to take, to take part? I think the biggest thing is like fulfillment. It was really satisfying to, like I've mentioned earlier, have complete ownership of that process and being able to come into a space and tackle a problem exactly how you wanted to be able to tackle it, right? A lot of times in the government, you feel like you can't do things because of the weight of everything, right? And um, you can't always move things forward. And if you have the enthusiasm and the drive to want to instill change, the data challenge is the space to do that. Really great answer. I want to thank you both for joining us to talk to us about the Navy's first sustainment data challenge. Again, congratulations on your win. I think it sounds like a great opportunity to get innovative and find solutions to our fleet problems. That's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening. <laughs>